Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. We are closing out the wild card weekend with a showdown slate. And I'm doing this because there's $200,000 to first on DraftKings and big prize pools on these other sites. Showdown slate between NFC matchup, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks. Pretty interesting game. It's pretty much a pick em. I think the Eagles are favored by like a point, a point and a half at home, which as a road team for the Seahawks, it's a pretty good spread on a neutral field. It means they'd be favorites here. So it makes sense. I mean, the Eagles only really getting a playoff spot because of winning the division, that contingency that you automatically get in if you win your division as probably the weakest division seed. But this is a team that's playing very well. Five game winning streak. Ended up beating up on some weak teams down the stretch, the Giants twice, the Cowboys, but you end up winning those games, and you're doing it without really much on the offensive side of the ball, and they might be limited once again in this one. Nelson Aguilar has been ruled out. Luckily for them, Miles Sanders will be playing in this one, but Zach Ertz, it seems questionable. They said there's some optimism he plays, but he has a cracked rib and a severed spleen right now. Uh, It does not seem great for his chances, and if he does play, it seems more of a maybe a red zone role for Zach Ertz in this one. So welcome if you're new. My name is Sal Vetri, and I appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button. I do cover daily fantasy sports also currently right now in the NBA and PGA. I have exclusive content as well as stuff on YouTube that's dropping every single day. If you want the exclusive stuff, it's my projections. It's it's a ton of stuff, projections for NBA, PGA, um, podcasts, exclusive podcasts for the NFL, more projections, write-ups, all that type of stuff. You can check that out. I'll link it up down below over on Patreon. It's been a ton of fun, a ton of people having success, as well as myself, uh, my best last week in the NBA, having a successful so far weekend in PGA, but it's really too soon to tell, but excited for the NFL as well. If you hit the subscribe button, I really appreciate it. If you're watching right now, who is your favorite play below $6,000 on this showdown slate? Let me know. Leave it down below. You must be a subscriber, must hit the notification bell on these YouTube videos to get entered into a contest to win $15 via PayPal, Venmo, whatever it might be. So let me know that down below. Must be a uh, subscriber with the notification bell turned on. Have a goal to hit $20 thousand subscribers by the Super Bowl. It's a little bit of a bold goal, but again, just incentivize more people. You're going to see a lot of eyes on these videos since it's the NFL playoffs. With that said, let's get right into this video. I appreciate it. You can roam around, check out some free strategy guides. Also, I have linked up down below. So these aren't rankings. Yes, maybe, and no. That's what the X means. It means maybe if you're new here and means no. Yes, Y means yes. Um, it's color coded for that. They're not rankings, but they technically are tiered, right? So like DK Metcalf at the top, it's not that I like him the most. It's the way that my... Um, it's the way that my filtering goes. It's supposed to be by salary, but then I manually change some things. So it, those are not rankings. It does not mean that DK is my favorite player on the entire slate. No. Does it mean I like him? Yes. Does it mean he might be a captain option for me? Yes. Um, so the way that people usually ask me, I like to get my wide receivers, elite pass catching tight ends in the captain spot as much as possible. Sometimes I'll go to running backs, but not as often. I like the volatility and the higher upside of wide receivers that can get you there on really one or two targets, whereas running backs might take them 12, 15 touches to get you there. And you really can't feel confident about that, especially with both of these teams where there will be split backfields. So starting with DK Metcalf at 8,800, I do like him. He's a yes. I think he has the best matchup of the entire game for either side of the ball. He'll either see Jalen Mills or Douglas. He has 20 pounds on Rasheel Douglas, and he also has 10 pounds on Jalen Mills. Why is that important? Well, he's probably the number one red zone target for this Seattle team. He sees about 20% of the targets. He leads all rookie wide receivers in air yards or in air yards per target and end zone targets and red zone targets. So he's a huge weapon for them around the red zone based on their offense and the way that the total is for this one in, in the Philadelphia secondary. They should be able to get to the red zone 
I would say at a minimum two times, probably closer to three to four times in this game. I expect Metcalf to have at least one to two red zone targets in this game. And when you have that type of advantage and you're frequently targeted in the red zone, it usually pays off well. I like the price point as well. I'm projecting Zach Ertz to be out both in my projections and just also for this slate breakdown. If he's in, well, then some things will change. But again, even if he's in, I don't really feel confident. I think he'll be more of a red zone target and I don't feel confident paying $8,600 for him. Dallas Goddard, on the other hand, at 8,000, if Hertz is out, well, then he's going to be a yes for me. I expect him to run 35 to 40 routes. I project him for around eight targets in this one. Hard to ignore an $8,000 tag for a guy who's going to be the primary wide receiver one acting as a tight end on the field for every single snap and probably running every single route that Wentz drops back on for the Seagulls offense. Jacob Hollister, I love him here. 6,600 is just way too cheap. Look, Josh Gordon left two weeks ago, stepped away from the game, 74 routes run since that time, and he's had nine catches, 89 yards on 13 targets. The infamous, I guess not really that infamous, but stopped on the one inch line against San Fran to close out week 17. Huge stop there for the 49ers, but the big news is nine catches on for 89 yards. Now, the yardage isn't great in two games. It's like, what, 45 yards per game. But if you're telling me he's going to have four and a half catches, 45 yards a game with touchdown upside because he's a tight end, Seattle utilizes them a ton and a favorable matchup against Philadelphia here, it's really hard to pass that up at 6,600 for a guy who I'm going to project out for around 10 fantasy points as a median projection. Joshua Perkins at 2,600, if Ertz is out, might be the best stable value on the slate. He ran 33 routes out of the slot and out wide last week. It's really hard not to like a guy who's 2,600, cheaper than both of the kickers, cheaper than the defenses, and I have him projected out for close to 10 fantasy points, which is more than the kickers and defenses uh, if Ertz is out. So uh, Perkins is a guy who should be a staple in a lot of your lineups if indeed, um, and I would, I'd would i be fine on a showdown slate. It's very variant, so you don't want 100% a guy ever, but I'd be fine having Perkins in the far majority of my lineups if indeed Ertz is out. My final guess is Miles Sanders. He is probable for this one. Look, Philly has a number one run blocking advantage on the entire weekend at positive 37%. And there's a really good chance that's the best run blocking advantage you see in the entire postseason run. It's a top 10 one that we've seen on the entire season. It's just a really good matchup for this Philadelphia offensive line. We'll see what happens with Lane Johnson's official status. But either way, it will be a top matchup against a 30th ranked defensive line and pressure rate of the Seattle Seahawks that are dealing with guys like Jadavian Clowney, Ziggy Anza battling injuries slash not suiting up. I'm projecting Sanders for 16 carries, which is around the median for him, and three receptions, which is around the median for him. So that's 19 targets on an average game. Now, they said Jordan Howard should see more work than his one single snap last week, but that was one snap with Sanders out. I think the work for Jordan Howard might be five, six touches, and I think if anything, it takes those away from probably a Boston Scott more so than a Sanders. At $9,000, he's not my favorite type of play to get into my lineups because of the price point. He's the most expensive out of all these yeses, but I'm projecting a guy for 19 targets against an average 15th ranked Seattle run defense. Now to my babies. Carson Wentz is 10,600. He's averaging 43.8 attempts per game over the last five games, uh, over this five-game winning streak, really. 22.8 DraftKings points during that time. Seattle ranks 30th in pressure, dealing with injuries as well along their defensive line, and they rank 15th in coverage. This is a really good spot for Wentz. No matter who his weapons are, he continues to get it done. And a big reason why is, whether it's Miles Sanders catching four or five passes a game, whether it's Boston Scott, they're smart. They're utilizing running backs in the passing game, which is just an extension of the run, but it gives you more upside when you get them one-on-one with a linebacker instead of facing the entire higher uh, defensive line. So I like the way that they're utilizing their running backs. Obviously, their two tight end sets have been elite since really the beginning of last year under Peterson. So I like this spot for Carson Wentz at 10-6. It's not a lock because of the price tag, but I do like the fact that I've been projected for one and a half to two fantasy points less than Wilson, and he's $1,000 cheaper. So I'm going to get to him a little bit more. Tyler Lockett at 9,600. The only reason he's not a yes is because of the price point. I do prefer Metcalf for a little bit cheaper, but he'll have a strong matchup in the slot against Maddox. Um, it's really just a pricing thing. If you want to prioritize uh, Lockett and not play a quarterback, you want to prioritize him over. DK Metcalf. I think that's fine. Uh, For me personally, I won't. 
but I still will have it a lot. Greg Ward, look, he's had 21 catches in over the last four games on 30 targets. He's been the leading receiver during that time. He's running the most routes for all the wide receivers during that time. And now there's no Nelson Aguilar, so he's projected to be once again the leading receiver here. I'm projecting him for seven targets, but it seems like a steep price tag of 7400 maybe $500 or so overpriced. Now it's not a ton for a showdown slate, but his red zone upside is low. Now I know he has one red zone touchdown this year, but over the last five or six games when he's been running these 25 to 35 routes a game, that's been his only red zone target. And it's because this team uses one, the running backs a ton in the red zone, but two, their tight ends non-stop in the red zone. So it's not a great spot when you factor in that even if Greg Ward gets his seven targets, his five catches for 40 yards, is that worth it at 7,400? I would much rather play Jacob Hollister, who I think is going to have a very similar role in the offense of Seattle as Greg Ward will for Philadelphia. Now, Ward will get split out wide, of course, a lot more than just being in the slot, um, but at 7,400, he's definitely not not in play. I think I have him projected for somewhere around five and a half receptions on seven targets, uh, but I just think the red zone upside is lower than guys like Hollister for a cheaper price tag. Uh, the two running backs for Seattle are in play. I do prefer Travis Homner. He has 11 catches on 13 targets the last two games since the injuries to uh, Carson and Rashad Penny and CJ Procise. You also get uh, during that time 26 total touches. He's going to the problem is he's going to lose a lot of goal line touches. So you're trying to make hay in the passing game. So if you get those six catches in uh, 40 yards out of the passing game from him and then some groundwork, well then yeah, he's a good play at the price tag. But the problem is Marshawn Lynch at 6,400 is back there too. They're likely to spit 25 to 30 carries in this game between the two of them. Lynch will get all the red zone and goal line work, if I had to imagine, including short distance. Philadelphia gives up the fifth or their bottom five in yards allowed per game to running backs below 70 per game. The only reason Marshawn Lynch is interesting to me, he's not going to have a pass catching role. He's clearly out of shape is because of the two touchdown upside. Even if this guy sees 14 carries for 30 yards, but he gets those two touchdowns that keeps him very much in play. There's not many players on this slate that you can say, yep, they have clear two touchdown upside in terms of outside of the quarterbacks. I don't think there's much. There's both of the Seattle receivers and Metcalf um, and there's Metcalf and Lockett on the on the side of Philadelphia. It's probably Dallas Goddard and then Marshawn Lynch at the end of it for running backs. There's not a lot. So when you have that on a showdown slate, that type of upside is huge. Whenever they're on the within the five yard line, you know, Lynch has going to get at least one opportunity there, if not multiple, especially right on the goal line hard to at least not consider that in a player pool. Both the kickers, I'll say what I usually do. Jason Myers at 4,000 for Seattle. Jake Elliott at 3,800 for Philadelphia. They're both maybes. They're fine to get to. I recommend rostering at most one in a single lineup. Eagles defense, I would choose over Seattle. They're only 3,200. They're at home. Negative 31% pass blocking advantage for Seattle's very bad offensive line. Uh, Eagles pressure rate is sixth in the league, and they're at home as a slight favorite. Really good spot at 3,200. Not a priority. I'd much rather play Perkins if Ertz is out. David Moore is priced up. This is the only issue. Like, I don't want to get to him at this price point. He's in play because, look, Malik Turner is out, and you have Jerron Brown, who is questionable for this game. He's been doubtful all week. Now there's some late-week positive news around Jerron Brown that he practiced a little bit or would have practiced on Friday, so he might play. If Jerron Brown is out, I'll have interest in DJ or David Moore, who played 72% of the snaps and ran 36 routes last week. He caught two balls on two targets for 30 yards. If Brown is in, I have no interest. The problem is he's already $3,000. Again, I much prefer Perkins. I have him projected for at or around the, the points of a kicker, so he has a little bit more upside due to touchdown upside, but he's not a lock because if he was 2000 I'd like him a lot. If he was $1,000, he would be close to, maybe not a lock, but a strong play for a guy projected for 30 routes run. But at 3000 it's starting to get a little bit foggy to try and get to him. 
My last interest is Robert Davis at $1,000. I don't really have a ton here. I mean, the guy did run more routes than JJ, JJ Arcega Whiteside last week. He ended up running, I believe, 33 routes last week, but he caught no balls on two targets. He was second behind Greg Ward in receiver routes run. And then in week 17, he caught one pass on 17 routes run. So 15 routes in the last two weeks, ranked second for all Philadelphia wide receivers. The issue is he has no rapport, it seems, with Carson Wentz, whereas Wentz has a rapport with both of his tight ends, both of his running backs, um, maybe even all three of his running backs, and Greg Ward at this point in time. So $1,000, he's in play. Like if he's going to go out there and run 25 to 30 to 35 routes at $1,000, he's going to just fall his way into targets. So it's hard to at least not put him in a player pool. My nose, Russell Wilson at 11,600. If you've been watching my showdown videos all year, I usually fade a quarterback who's above $11,000. I just think there's better game theory. But if they're mobile, I start to think about it. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, I was playing those slates as well. And Russell Wilson is mobile. He's averaging over 20 yards per game on the ground. But the issue here is he's only projected for a point and a half more for me than Carson Wentz. And Wentz is $1,000 cheaper. And they have similar team totals in this one. So it's hard to prioritize a guy who is going to cost $1,000 more, force you instead of playing maybe instead of being able to get to like a Dallas Goddard, you're now forced into somebody in the 6K range like Travis Hobden or Marshawn Lynch, and I don't like that. Maybe another example would be instead of being able to fit into your lineups a, a Tyler Lockett in that 9K range, 9,600, you're now being forced to get into the low 8K range, and you're trying to force in guys like Boston Scott, Greg Ward, instead of getting a pretty strong play like a Tyler Lockett, right? So I'd rather have that extra 1,000 where I have the quarterbacks projected out pretty similarly. Zach Ertz, I'm just projecting not to play right now. If he does suit up at 8,600, I think it's mainly a red zone role, which is good for touchdown upside. So he might be in my player pools, but very low interest. Boston Scott at 7,600. I think he's priced as if DraftKings was trying to put him here just in case Miles Sanders didn't suit up. And with that, I have him projected for six carries and four receptions. That's good. 10 touches for a guy in a playoff game. But Jordan Howard, they said, is going to see an expanding role. I think that takes away from him a little bit. And he's 7,600. So a similar price point as Greg Ward, who's going to have way more usage in the offense, similar to Dallas Goddard. I just have no interest in those in those um in that price point of, of Boston Scott here. I think it is just preemptively priced if Sanders was to miss. Jordan Howard, he played one snap last week. Even if he gets up to four or five touches in this game, 3,600 is, is just too much in my opinion. Seahawks defense on the road with a 30th ranked pass rush, no interest there. And then the rest of these guys, Deontay Burton, he ran 11 routes in week 17. He caught two balls on four targets for 48 yards. That was good to see. You might see Burnett actually move ahead of Robert Davis on the depth chart. Now he's double the price, but you really can't project that until we see how it plays out. Right now, I don't have interest because he only ran 11 routes to Davis is like 30 plus. Uh, Jerron Brown, just keep an eye on him. He's questionable. If he is out, it impacts David Moore's status and my interest in David Moore a little bit more. Although, no pun there, uh, Moore is a little bit more expensive than um, Brown by a lot, 2,800. So that's where I'm at right now. I currently have 15 players in a player pool. If you're entering a couple of lineups, please do hit the like button on this video and subscribe. Notification bell. Let me know who's your favorite player below $6,000. You'll be entered into a contest for $15 giveaway, but you must be a subscriber with the notification bell turned on. Finally, thank you for being here. Check out my Patreon exclusive content linked up down below, some free strategy guides as well. If you enjoy what I do here, really do um, appreciate the like button and subscribe. Best of luck on this slate. Best of luck. Hopefully you had a good wildcard weekend. Check out my NBA and PGA content as well as the week goes on. See you, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.